0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to be diving into this concept of bulking. Now, if you've never heard of bulk or bulking before, uh, which I would imagine most people in the fitness space or listening to this podcast right now have heard of this concept of bulking, but if you've never heard of that before, bulking is essentially a term that I feel like the fitness industry... uh, created that essentially just means you're going through a period with your nutrition with the intent of eating more to put on more muscle mass or to gain muscle and to to train intentionally. A lot of times people train for hypertrophy when they do go into a bulking phase. Um, But the ultimate goal is to put on more muscle mass onto your frame than what you have now. That's kind of this idea of like, Hey, I'm, I'm bulking. Like you'll hear people casually say that when they're like in the winter months and they're just eating like high schoolers, just label this thing. Hey, I'm just bulking, you know, I'm just eating more. I'm trying to put on muscle. Um, it's, uh, it's, a topic that I'll be honest is not something that I don't think everybody needs to know about. I think there are a handful and a majority of people who will never have to even think about going through a bulking phase in their life. Um, and most of the time, people in you know this country and people going on their own health and fitness pursuits, a lot of times people are coming from a weight loss standpoint and wanting to get down to a lower body weight, a lower body fat percentage, improve a lot of uh, cardio metabolic markers, maybe improve their body composition. You know, bulking is not something that everybody has to do, nor, um, you know, should you do it in certain contexts. So uh, with all that being said today, I just want to, I want to talk about it because there is a handful of people who will go through a bulk phase or two or 10 in their lifetime. um, And not only just bodybuilders go through bulking phases, right? Like a lot of times you've seen this concept glamorized by the bodybuilding industry because, you know, literally for these people's jobs and their careers, they go through phases of, of real strict dieting followed by, um, you know, sometimes year long pro- bulking phases where they're trying to put on as much muscle mass as possible. So the next time they cut down and lose that body fat, they look bigger, fuller, uh, more, at or, you know, more, uh, muscle definition when they step on stage and, and kind of show their body off and, and compete in that sense. So, um, but again, <laughs> professional bodybuilders and people trying to get on stage are not the only people who uh, can bulk or should bulk. And and chances are, you know, this population that could benefit from bulking or people who find themselves getting into the mindset of like, hey, I need to bulk or I need to put on more muscle mass usually comes from people dieting down to a physique um, and realizing that the body that they were looking for, the goals that they were hoping to see after they uh, went through a fat loss phase, after they lost a bunch of ton of weight, the image that they had in their mind looks different than the final destination that they got to at the end of uh, their cutting phase. Now, what often happens is this full swing on the other end of the spectrum where people in, I hate to say lean people getting leaner, but this is a lot of times the context in which this happens. Um, you know, let's say somebody, a male or a female with a relatively low body weight percentage or body fat percentage, um, has some muscle definition, uh, and wants to go through a fat loss phase to kind of reveal, or just get down to a leaner, a leaner body fat and to be able to look better naked or whatever it might be. Cause a lot of times, sometimes people who are lean, who are trying to lose more weight, are taking themselves further away from health and performance in certain contexts, um, but what happens is sometimes people get to this end goal, right, where they they see the body uh, or the body weight that they wanted to see, or they they lost the amount of pounds that they wanted to uh, lose when they first set out on on going into a fat loss phase, and they're just not happy with where they end up at, right? Or there's kind of this uh, disconnect of what they thought they would look like than what they actually look like at the end of that. And a lot of times that elicits this response of like, oh, well, I guess the answer is I need to spend more time building muscle, eating more, you know, spending a period of time. So the next time that I, you know, diet down, I look better. I look more muscular. I look how I envision I want to look like. Now, you know, the I'm not going to dive too deep into it, but like the why questions that we need to ask, you know, before people go on these long health pursuits, I think is worth our attention and our time and effort of like, well, why do you think you need more muscle? Like, why do you think you need to, to uh, look leaner? Or why do you think you need some of these things? Like a lot of times it's for vanity driven purposes, not necessarily health driven purposes. And not to say that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, I think having a body goal and and a weight goal and, and looking the way you want to could and should be a part of everybody's like a body transformation goal if that's what you're interested in working towards. Um, but understanding that there is literally always, always going to be something that is better or you could always be doing something differently that could squeeze out a little bit better progress or make you look a little bit better or somebody that you're comparing yourself to that you're going to look um you know, uh, less than ideal then, you know, like you looking at yourself through this light sometimes can kind of create this negative headspace and, uh, this shame associated or guilt driven type of motivation that turns people into wanting to go through these long bulk or cutting phases, you know, just to, uh, try and cover up some insecurities, some underlying insecurities that maybe need to be addressed as well. So uh, before I go into any of these things, I say all this because I have fucking been there and I've done that and I'm still working through that, right? Like I'm definitely in that space where, you know, uh, I've done a lot of like quote unquote case studies on myself, um, got super lean, went on fat loss phases, got super lean. Now I'm trying to gain weight. I, this uh, podcast post is somewhat inspired by my own journey and uh, things that I've intentionally been doing this past year now, maybe nine months or so. Um, Cause I have gone on the other end. I finished my cut last like July, early July. And since then here we sit in March, I'm up about 20 pounds, um, which is from my lowest point to the highest point that I've seen on the scale. We might be in that 13 to 16 pound range where I've actually gained true mass. But when I was at my leanest, and I I, I say these numbers just to put it in perspective. But when I was at my leanest last June, um, when I finished the very end of my cut before I I did a photo shoot too. I know, <laughs> um, it, judge me all you want, but I I did it and I have it and I was happy I did it because I use that for social media purposes and kind of. Um, um, kind of made some point and, and created this learning opportunity for people as I put myself through that because that's the ultimate goal So we can, you know, help prevent you from doing something that I've already done um, in in the effort of you getting to where you want to be quicker. Like, I don't know, or are you bypassing some of these phases of your life that, you know, you spend, you know, wasting on, wasting your energy on some of these things when you could really be pursuing other things that are going to give you more fulfillment, more purpose, uh, more happiness at the end of it. I digress from there. But when I was at my leanest weight, I think I was 159 or 158.5 is what I saw on the scale, which is unbelievably uh, thin. Um, I was down, I think at like seven ish percent body fat, Um, whatever. Like I ended up kind of, getting to this 160 mark that I was maintaining for a few weeks, but it was just really difficult. I was really lean. I actually got some blood work and stuff done, and, like, my testosterone and my sex drive was super low. Like, just a lot of things happened being that lean, and I haven't gained a bunch of weight immediately, but it took me a couple months, and I started to eat more, and I started to realize that my life was a little bit better eating more calories and being 5 to 8 pounds heavier. Now, that turned into, well... Let's see what I can do because I intentionally tried to go into a bulking phase before I went into that initial cut. I was working with a coach at the time and I, um, I I spent about six to nine months doing that leading up to it, but I didn't really give myself like a year or two years to like really give my best effort to be as consistent as possible and trying to gain really as much weight as possible. And that's kind of the the position that I'm in today where I now bounce around between one 78 to 180 to 177 sometimes. But my goal is, I don't know, I, I actually don't really have a goal. And I'm going to talk later in this episode on when you know um, it's time to stop bulking. And, and I'll talk about what um, kind of the thought process is behind my rationale of why I want to stop bulking. But I don't really know when that is yet. And I, I think time will tell. But I wanted to give this at least a year to be able to experiment with myself and to see you know, what I could do. Um, and alongside bulking and eating more and all this stuff, I've been training four times a week, been getting my normal steps, like taking the dog out, like nothing drastically has changed. I've just been eating drastically more. And for me, that looks like 33 to like 35 ish hundred calories. Now that I've gotten up to starting, I was at like 3000 continue to slowly increase based on the data that I've been collecting. But anyway, long story short, I, um, I shared this experience because I'm going through it right now. And I find that a lot of people share this very similar experience and these similar motivations to go into a bulking phase um, with that. So just wanted to let you know, if you're listening to this and you are here sitting like, I want to bulk, I want to get bigger and X, Y, and Z, some questions to ask yourself and to ponder, um, but also some actionable steps that we're going to talk about on how to make sure we're doing it correctly and in the most efficient way and to make sure we're not just gaining a bunch of fat along the process, because that's definitely something that we have to consider as well. So I, um, yeah, wow, that was a long intro there. I was not expecting that. But anyway, let's jump into it. And, and to, to start, I kind of just want to give some general recommendations, some things that I've been doing myself, but also do with clients that I work with who are going through a, maybe a bulking phase or looking to increase muscle mass. And one of the first, and I'd say most important things is to have a basic understanding of what your maintenance calories are. And again, your maintenance calories are going to look different from person to person, um, also taking into account your activity levels and uh, how lean you are, or what your starting weight is. Like your maintenance calories for us in in this starting point are likely going to be a guess. And it this is where I, I think tracking is really important and can be really beneficial instead of just like blindly trying to increase calories or guess what your maintenance is and, and, um, you know, trying to do this without some of those numbers and feedback that we might see week to week and month to month. But if you don't know what your, your maintenance calories are, I would say one of the best ways to start, if you're listening to this would be to go to T D E E calculator.com, or you could go to, I think even precise nutrition. If you go to precise nutrition.com, they have a good calculator that you could use, that can kind of spit out some ballpark um, starting recommendations for you in terms of what your maintenance calorie range could be. Um, also taking into account what your activity levels are and what your day-to-day job requirements are and how sedentary you are. Like there's some inputs that can go into it. But again, remember the number that you're going to get for your maintenance calories, it's it's not going to be perfect. And it, sometimes it takes as you start to maybe go into a surplus and try and Try and eat more calories is to have a basic understanding of where you're maintaining weight. Like, what calorie range are you maintaining weight right now? And that's where getting a maintenance calorie range, tracking for a couple of weeks, uh, maybe even a month up to, and just seeing, like, how many calories am I eating? What is my weight doing? Weighing yourself day to day and just seeing the weekly trends over time. That will give you a really good starting point if you're losing weight, if you're gaining weight, or if you're maintaining. And then you can kind of change and make adjustments from there. So, With all that being said, it's really important to have a basic idea of what your maintenance calories are because going into a surplus, um, we don't want to overshoot our calories. And my recommendation when it comes to finding what your surplus calories range would be would, I would like to see people take their maintenance calorie range and then add five to 15% of those calories on top of that maintenance. And that will put you into a surplus, um, you know, depending on how much you can eat or want to eat or, um, you know, what's feasible for you and, in starting points for you are going to different again, person to person, but being in a five to 15% surplus above your maintenance calorie range is going to be great for most people. And that's kind of the starting range that you are going to start with, but it's also the place that you're going to maintain as you continue to, to gain weight over time and make those changes Uh, month to month or every six months or however, you know, however frequently you change your calories. So a five to 15% surplus is all you need to maximize your muscle gains when you are eating in a surplus and training um, for hypertrophy or training with intention and trying to build muscle over time. So with that, how you can check and see if you are one in a surplus and two, maybe not gaining a ton of weight really quickly, or if you are gaining weight at all is The metrics that I want you to keep in mind are, are you gaining 0.5 to 2% of your body weight per month? Notice I said per month. So 0.5 to 2%-ish is what you should be gaining in pounds over, or if you're using kilograms, whatever, um, over the course of the month. So for example, let's say you are a 170-pound person and... Uh, we're in a surplus, we're at a 10% surplus in calories, and we're weighing ourselves daily. You will look at those weekly weights, those weekly average weights, look at that over the course of the month. And that might look like for this 170 pound person to gain one to about three or four pounds over the course of the month. Now that can be a big difference, one to four pounds, right? But that is kind of a starting point and like a rate of uh, muscle building that could be adequate and is appropriate um, for somebody to, to minimize the amount of fat gain that they are gaining alongside um, their surplus. And, you know, making sure that we are actually gaining week to week and month to month, um, instead of looking at day to-day measures and week to week measures even and, and making adjustments off of there. So every month, it's almost like you're going to be assessing and checking in with yourself and seeing if you are gaining weight over time. And again, that 0.5 to 2%, I think, is a really good weight and is what we've seen in research of being able to like come to a place where you're consistently gaining and you're going to see good progress over the course of the year if you're consistently in a surplus or however long that you are in a surplus for. So along with the calories, calories are going to be maintenance, add five to 15% um, on top of that. And that's going to put you in a surplus. Are you gaining 0.5 to 2% uh, body weight per month? And then protein wise, about 0.7 or 0.8 grams per pound, I would say is more than enough if you are um, trying to gain weight and um, just maximize the, the amount of muscle that you will be building in this surplus. So um, if you think about it, like you're at literally no risk for losing muscle in a surplus because you have enough energy coming in and in the form of calories. So, you know, you can see sometimes people eating maybe a little less protein than what they would be doing in a deficit. If that's your natural tendency and your preference for your diet, that's totally fine. Um, But a lot of times naturally, people can see an increase of their protein naturally because you're eating a little bit more like ancillary protein sources or you're having more snacks or stuff. And the more calories, the more likely you are to have protein from other sources instead of like the meat sources. Let's say if you were in a deficit and strictly eating protein and trying to hit a number a day, chances are you're going to be naturally increasing your protein consumption just a little bit more given you're eating more calories over time. So um, yeah, that that from a number standpoint, it sounds very basic, but it 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 should be. And it is. And it's something that if you're tracking your food, if you're tracking your calories, your protein, it can become a little bit easier, even though it might take a little bit more time up front. If you're not tracking your food, instead of just thinking, "Okay, I'm eating three meal- meals a day and one snack, and now I'm going to add another snack," like that is that's totally feasible, and you can 100% gain weight, and people do do that. But I find that sometimes, like if you're going to go through the trouble and being really intentional with your nutrition and your training, tracking your food and your data could be just as important as doing some of the other behavioral changes that go along with it, in addition to mindset changes that go hand-in-hand with being in a surplus. So um, that is kind of this typical way to uh, do this lean bulk. You might hear a lean bulk, right? Um, People also say dirty bulk, which is just gaining more excess body fat um, and gaining the same amount of muscle as, as if you were eating a little less in a surplus Um, and trying to just maximize the amount of muscle you're building while minimizing the amount of fat you are um, adding to your frame. Because let's be real, you are going to gain fat alongside of muscle when you are in a surplus. Like that's just something that we can't avoid. It's going to happen. And before you get started, we need to become at peace with that because that is just part of this natural process. And and if you do things correctly, you will be able to lose that fat later on um, in that that outcome and you being at a higher weight, at a higher muscle mass, uh, maybe a little bit higher body fat percentage. If you do everything correctly, you go into your next cut, like you will have more muscle on your frame. You'll be able to lose that fat that you, that you gained during your surplus. And you will theoretically look better. You should look better than maybe what you did in your previous cut, right? Like that's the ultimate goal. Um, but this idea of going like way above your calories just to maximize muscle growth, like it really just means that you're going to be gaining excess fat, right? You like, you can't, you can't force feed hypertrophy and you cannot like, don't imagine going into a 50% surplus or 25% surplus because you, you think you're just going to speed things up because you're eating more, right? It doesn't really work like that. Um, you can't force feed hypertrophy. And, and when you do try and do that, you're just going to get, you know, more fat faster. And that's not what most people want, right? I would argue that that's not what anybody wants. Um, If we were to kind of create an analogy of that, one that I I think comes to mind for me would be, imagine we're building a house, right? Like a brick house. And, you know, we have our workers that are laying the brick and um, it's a big house, whatever. Now, imagine the bricks are the things that we're trying to supply. um, So these workers can continue to keep up pace and continue to build this brick house, right? Now, you eating way more calories than you need to would be the equivalent of like three freight trucks dropping off every, you know, all these bricks or whatever it might be to the job site. And you still have the same amount of workers laying the bricks. So even though you have all these extra resources you're not necessarily going to be utilizing that or putting that to work because you're only as efficient as the people you have working on this house, right? The same goes for muscle. Like you can only build muscle at a certain capacity and rate. And the more food that you eat does not equate to you building more muscle quickly. So just something to, to keep in mind, I, if that makes sense at all. But I just, I just want people to understand that you could totally overshoot this. And if you do in the beginning and in the middle, whatever, it's fine. You can course correct. But just get out of the mindset that I can get in and out of this quicker by eating more in the beginning. It just doesn't really it doesn't look like that and on that same breath, I, I would really encourage people who do go through this phase to dedicate at least six months at least six months. and to be honest, if I had to say, I'd probably push you more towards that nine month to a year mark at least and the reason for that is like, you're not going to be building a substantial amount of muscle in three to six months. Like you're not going to be noticeably different going into your next cut and, and, you know, getting down to a lower body weight. Like there might be some subtle differences, but if you're looking for complete transformations and looking, you know, different and better the next time you go into a cut or the next time you're trying to get lean again, after trying to build muscle, like nothing good happens in, in six months, right? Like there that could be a starting point and that could be something that you could use to kind of assess month to month after that point. Like, Hey, how do I feel? How's it going? Do I need to make any changes? Do I like this? Do I even want to, to be in a surplus anymore? Like those are all questions you can ask yourself, but I would really recommend people to commit at least nine to 12 months at least, right? Like up to two years, three years for this sometimes. And I know that sounds so daunting, And again, depending on your goals and what you want and and what you deem is important to you, will change all of these variables for sure. But um, at the end of the day, I just don't want people to think that they can, you know, go from being lean and, and at their lowest weight or whatever, or not liking the way they look, and thinking that they're going to build as much muscle as the person they're comparing themselves to on social media or their friends by training hard and eating a ton for six months and then. Dieting down again and looking like they want to look it's just not going to happen, so I just want you to keep that in mind, okay now, when it comes to um, mindset shifts because I think this is a big one too, and um, we've kind of talked about getting in the mindset of like hey, this is going to take a long time and, and i, I w- I'll take a step back, not even a long time like if you think about nine months to a year in the grand scheme of things that's fucking nothing you know and like like that time is going to pass either way so you know if this is important to you and 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 you're really serious about this like might as well do this and 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 follow through with this when you can right and until like life forces you to think differently or prioritize things differently but um you know i just want you to think that like looking big picture and thinking in terms of years instead of months is going to help you appreciate how long it takes to really make these big body transformations. Okay. Um, the people that you see online, the bodybuilders, like I swear they spend decades, right? They hear me decades sometimes doing these things. And, and again, those are sometimes the people we compare ourselves to. And yes, people are, um, you know, genetic freaks and, and have a lot of, you know, maybe pharmaceutical help and other things that might get them to a certain place. But I just, uh, I think just comparing yourself to those people can be really detrimental and put you in a negative headspace and, and make this process seem more daunting than it actually is or than it needs to be. But again, the mindset shift of you appreciating the fact that this is going to take longer than you likely think it's going to take, I think could be something that's really important from day one to, to expect that nothing is is going to be you know 100% better three months in. So um, keep that in mind. Now, Some mindset shifts that I would recommend other people keep in mind or just to be um, aware of as you go into a surplus is there's some perks and some benefits, in my opinion, that come from it. You know, a lot of time, more food and like more food freedom or flexibility could be a big perk to this, right? Like, especially if somebody who's who's been a chronic dieter or um, who has been in a cut or who has been chronically eating lower calories or at maintenance for a long time, like for sometimes for some people eating more and getting them to a higher body fat percentage could be a net positive and, and, and getting more body fat on some people, 100% can make them feel better and perform better and look better in certain cases as well. But hormonally and nutritionally, like sometimes when you're eating more food, you're getting all these resources, you're getting more resources, like you could feel better, you have better energy. Um, you could have Better workouts, right? Like the capacity to be able to recover from those workouts better, Um, being able to um, have better endurance or to do more things. Like in addition to the training that you're doing, because you're getting more food and resources. Like those are a lot of really cool benefits, I think, that can come from being in a surplus for a period of time. So just just keep in mind that, like, hey, you eating more, gaining a little bit of fat. Like sometimes you gaining a little bit of fat, but having a laundry list of all these other benefits could be somewhere that you realize like, hey, this is a better life for me and, and could get you out of the mentality of like, hey, being leaner is always going to be better. Sometimes it takes eating more and and living at a higher weight and and enjoying more food and not being super rigid with your nutrition. Like sometimes that I find that people are are in a more positive headspace and end up staying there and realizing that like, hey, being 10 pounds lighter or trying to diet for three months more out of the year fucking sucks, right? And that's not my best life. So I think that that's something that you might find if you do go into an intentional bulk or you do gain some weight. Like acknowledge that and appreciate that and and don't, don't always think that you need to gain as much as you can and then lose as much as you can. And at those extremes is when you're going to be happy. And in reality, it's not right. Like sometimes you might find that that place in the middle—you eating more, having more calories, like you—you you living your life on 400 more calories a day might be way more fucking fun and easier than you living, you know, on less calories and thinking more about dieting and more about your body. So, I find that that is such a a positive headspace to be in for some people, especially when they're in this mindset, they're they're always dieting or always eating less. So um, a lot of physiological benefits that can come from eating more potentially, but also psychological benefits that um, I think really outweigh some of the other things that we think are the epitome of health when it comes to dieting and fitness. So now when it actually comes to executing on your, when it comes to executing on your surplus and eating more calories... Where I find people have a really difficult time and where I, I want people to get their mind out of is this idea of eating really clean in a surplus or eating all clean and healthy foods, like like taking your deficit mentality into a bulking phase because that, that doesn't really work very well, right? Like you trying to eat 3,400 calories of chicken, broccoli, asparagus, like lean protein sources, um, you know, eggs, like whatever it is that you're eating, it's going to be really fucking difficult. Like you're, you're going to feel like a a bag of rocks some days and, and feel terrible because you might be eating 40 or 50 or 60 grams of fiber. If you're trying to eat all clean foods and get to a higher calorie range, right? Like traditionally, when you think about, um, what you're doing when you're cutting calories or when you're trying to lose weight, it's like, do I have enough protein? Am I hitting that consistently? Am I getting enough fiber in by getting non-starchy vegetables in, like what kind of carb sources are, are, are am I eating? Are they nutrient dense, right? Like a lot of these things that you can think about when it comes to dieting um, is a tool and it could definitely help you get to that lower weight, but that same mindset is not going to help you gain weight, okay? And this is where... You might be thinking, dude, you're a dietitian, you're fucking telling people to eat like bread and all these other things and yada, yada, yada. It's like, hell yeah, I am. And I I want you to realize that all of these things can fit. And as long as you're not getting out of control, like you're going to lean on some of these less fibrous, um, higher calorie, fattier cuts of meat, um, just just higher calorie options in general to help you get to a higher calorie target that you're trying to shoot for to be able to build that muscle that you're really trying to uh, trying to get to, right? So I, I just want you to stop trying to think that you need to eat clean and only getting your source of calories from those foods because you're gonna find that it's a very difficult thing to do and, and you're not gonna feel very awesome if you do, right? So um, if I had to give some examples, right, it might be, it might look like you having maybe more frequent meals or smaller meals throughout the course of the day that are more calorie condensed instead of, you know, big, you know, five, six ounces of meat and a cup or two of vegetables and your brown rice or um, bonza pasta or potato, like these really satiating foods. Like you might be eating four meals over the course of the day with with foods that have less volume in them and a little bit more calories, right? Um, Less fibrous carbs, I think, are really important here in things like bagels, things like white rice, um, even having pasta can be phenomenal. Um, uh, fucking muffins or croissants. Like, as long as you are not eating like an asshole and eating like a high schooler and just eating everything and shoving it in your mouth, like these things are going to be the resources that you can take to add an extra 500 calories a day and it's going to make it easier, but it's not going to take so much space up that you're super uncomfortable and, and feel all this GI discomfort. Cause that can happen really quickly. If you're trying to eat again, like clean, quote unquote clean. I hate saying that word, but trying to eat all of these foods that you would normally consider healthy. And maybe you have an experience eating more of those predominantly because you're being mindful of your weight or trying to lose weight or, you know, not trying to gain a bunch of fat and, cutting back on those foods has their place, but adding those foods can also have their place if you're doing it intelligently. Um, another underrated thing, in my opinion, is like choosing fattier cuts of meat sometimes, right? Like like instead of the, the straight up chicken breast, like leanest, one of the leanest protein sources, like maybe we get some chicken thighs and we start to include that, right? And you just have a little bit more fat with some of those meats. Even some fattier cuts of red meat could be okay in this situation. Um, I'd also say... Um, if you're doing like ground meat or different things like instead of getting the leanest like 973 or 955 or 937 like maybe try the 9010 or the 8515 or whatever lower uh, or high, sorry higher fat content in some of those ground turkeys or ground beefs that you might find um, but just think about hey you know can i have the meats that i'm having is is there maybe a fattier source of that or can i add a type of sauce to that or add some other type of calories to that meat to just make it a little bit more um, calorie dense. Another thing could be like higher calorie snacks or protein bars. Like I would, protein bars I would put an asterisk next to, but just like energy bars and different things like that. Like dude, don't sleep. uh, One thing that's gotten me to where I'm at and and something that I've leaned on is these perfect bars. I'm sure you've probably seen them, but they're like 350 calories or something, 340 calories per bar and they taste amazing and having that as a snack in addition to everything else is sometimes the thing that helps get me in that last four, you know, 300 to 400 calories per day. Um the other thing I would say it would be like nuts or other fats, right? Um, fucking cereals, right? Like adding some walnuts to a, a breakfast cereal of some sort could be an amazing option and having that with a uh, milk preference or whatever you choose to have that with. Like, how can we get some more simple carbohydrates? Can we add some fats to that? And those are going to be some calorie conscious ways to, not, not calorie conscious, but um, ways to increase calories with some of those meals or with your snacks to help you hit some higher numbers. Um, alongside that, like sometimes liquid calories could be an option as well. Like like chocolate milk, don't sleep on chocolate milk in a PB&J, right? It's like being able to have 200 calories from whole milk, chocolate milk, and you have that with your perfect bar, or you have that with your breakfast, like that can be sometimes the thing that helps gets you to a higher calorie range without taking up a bunch of space in your stomach, right? Or could be used around your training routine to help replenish some protein and glycogen, uh, get you some more carbs after your workout, um, while not filling up on food immediately. Um, same with smoothies, right? Like just adding different items to smoothies and being able to have a little bit more liquid, um, you know, food that you're not having to chew. And that's not taking a shit ton of space in your stomach. And you're having that between meals could be an idea, but all in all, I just want you to get into this mentality that like, it's okay. And I'd encourage you to start to include the, the higher calorie, lower fiber options, even though people have been telling you, you know, on Instagram and everything your whole life that sugar is bad, right? And all this shit because in reality, it can fit. And as long as, again, as you're not going fucking crazy, that is totally fine. You know, where people take this out of context is is where you hear the idea of a dirty bulk and people are just fucking going crazy and eating as much as they can. And they get the Chick-fil-A for for lunch and they have all the sauces and then you get in and out and and then you have a big, you know, sandwich the next day. And, and you're drinking a bunch of alcohol on the weekend and you're having, you know, late night meals, like people get into that routine is like, oh, I'm justifying this behavior because I get to eat more right now. It's like, dude, you're not going to get to where you want to be. You're not going to feel good. Um, and nor is that lifestyle conducive to you living a healthy and in your best life. So again, don't don't hear what I'm not saying, which is like, eat like a dumbass and just fucking do anything and everything all the time. Like you could be more methodical, continue to eat what you have been, but just find ways to add to those calories by not, you know, um, trying to add a bunch of more fiber and a bunch more protein to your day. Cause those, those, uh, higher calorie, like carb heavy, sometimes fat heavy, um, extra snacks and, and things that you could add to your meals are going to save you for this. So, Um, By all means, you have my permission and and I'd encourage you to eat those things because that will help you get into a surplus a little bit easier instead of trying to force feed yourself, you know, a bunch of foods that are going to make you full and, and feel like a bag of shit sometimes. So cool. I think those were the things I wanted to really talk about with mindset stuff. I, um, yeah, just, just some things that can change and approaches can change. But again, like you're going into a surplus, it's a different mindset than you maintaining your weight or you trying to lose weight. And there's some different considerations and things that I want you to think about and just, just keep those in the back of your mind as you continue to proceed throughout this. Now, one of the big questions and the last thing I want to end on here is like, when do you stop? right? Like we have this idea, okay, cool, nine months or more, whatever. Yeah, that could be a good starting point and a good minimum to try and shoot for. But when do you stop, right? And I find that this is going to change person to person. And depending on your situation and your starting point and your ultimate goal, like this is going to look different again from person to person. So keep that in mind. But I really... I really anticipate that one of these three or four things are going to help take you out of the idea of like, hey, I'm going to end the surplus or I'm not going to continue anymore because it's just not worth it kind of thing. But usually a few things happen that will eventually bring you to a stopping point when you're in your surplus. One of those is you'll get to a point where you just don't like the way you look. Like, like Maybe for that 170 pound person that we talked about you know, maybe they've gained fifteen or twenty pounds, and they get to one ninety, and they're just like, Ugh, "I don't like the way I look." Like I've, and a lot of times this can have, this is where your dieting history and your, you know, what you looked like five years ago can kind of play into your consideration on what your opinion is on what you look like and where you where you like to see yourself, but you might look at your frame with 15, 20 pounds on you and you might see more muscle, but you see a lot more fat and you just don't, you just straight up don't like the way you look. And maybe you're not fitting into any of your clothes anymore or whatever it might be. It's like, you might get to this point where no amount of benefit is worth the fact that you, you don't enjoy gaining weight anymore, right? Like you gaining more muscle is not justified by you, you know, kind of suffering through all these other things, whether it's aesthetic purposes or how you feel and how you look like, that's just not worth it to you anymore. And that, that is oftentimes a a place where people stop being in a surplus or want to then eventually go into a cut after that. Now, second point could be, you also get to a point where you just don't like the way you feel, you know, it's a, it's, um, let's say that same person at 190, um, for them like walking up four flights of stairs at work now is like a little bit more taxing, right? They're just heavier or they feel more sluggish or they're uh they feel less athletic, right? They're a little bit slower. They're not performing as well. Maybe you go play a fucking pickup game of pickleball or basketball or something and you're winded after the first 20 minutes and 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 you get to this point where it's like, "Hey, I I can't do the things that I enjoy doing as efficiently or as easily as I once." was able to. And that is sometimes a place where people find themselves like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to stop this now because this isn't worth it to me anymore. So, um, you know, you might get to a point where you don't like the way you look, or you can get to the, get to a point where you don't like the way you feel. Okay. Um, the third I would say is in this, I don't know, this happens as well. Um, but you, you, you might get to a point where the amount of calories that it takes for you to like keep going and to keep maintaining a surplus is no longer possible or feasible or enjoyable for you, right? Or, or you have to get to a point where you're, you're continuing to increase calories, but your diet has to go to shit just for you to keep to keep gaining weight right? Like, like the only way to you to continue to increase more calories is for you to eat more of like fucking cookies or get a half a pizza every night or whatever it is. Like for you to eat like shit to get to those higher calories is not worth it to people. And I, I, I would also, man, again, me, I would not recommend people get to that point and to continue to force that. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of people sometimes get to the point where, Hey, again, I don't know why this 170-pound person is coming to my mind, but maybe that person gets to 190 or 195 over a year, however long they did, two years. And, you know, instead of them, you know, eating 3,600 calories a day, 3,700 calories, which is what they've worked up to, now they're having to eat 4,000 or 4,200. And it's just not fucking possible for them, or you don't enjoy that. And, And a lot of times, like, your, your appetite and hunger cues, like, are, are going to be all over the place, and you're going to be full all day, like, like, that plays into, like, how you feel, and, and that is a lot of times where sometimes when people get to a point where it's just not worth it to go any higher anymore, um, and again, how beneficial is it you, you know, eating a bunch of shit just to hit your calorie targets, like, at what point might you be overshooting, might you be likely to, you know, intuitively eat more and to gain more fat than you'd like at that point? So, you know, sometimes people get to that point and that's the thing that justifies them not continuing anymore. So, um, and then the last one is you might get to a body fat where your health actually starts to suffer because of that. Like maybe, maybe you're a year or two years in or however long it is and, and you go get blood work done. And compared to the last time, like your, your cholesterol's is up, or your triglycerides are high, or, uh, your fasting blood sugar is higher, or maybe your A1C is creeping up. Like, like for most people, like starting who are lean, coming out of a cut, like bodybuilders, like, Um, even normal people who are just trying to build muscle mass, like I don't see this being a problem. And and, uh, again, if you do all the things that we've talked about, you know, if you do those correctly, like chances are this is not going to be you, but it could be possible. And it it could be a wake-up call and like, you know you get your blood work back and and that in combination with some of the other things that we just talked about could be the thing that takes you out and start to realize like hey this is no longer pro health or this is making me more unhealthy the deeper and the heavier that I get and that is oftentimes a starting point or a stopping point when when people get to the end of their surplus and then realize that something has to change so you know one of those things could happen a combination of those things can happen but again ending a surplus is always going to be up to you. And it, it usually is going to come down to like, how long can you maintain this uncomfortability or just go to the point where, you know, it's just not worth it to you anymore. So keep those in mind. I, um, yeah, I think this podcast went way longer than I thought it was going to uh, to take to get through all my points. But yeah, I, um, I just wanted to talk about a, a few different things, how to get into a surplus, how to check the numbers you know, some mindset shifts. When do we stop? It's just, uh, it's again, it's just something that we could use as a starting point. And I want you to keep in mind if you are going in this pursuit of like gaining more muscle mass and in spending time building muscle, which I think is a really fucking awesome headspace and place to be because not a lot of people actually do that. Um, And if you're in the understanding that, Hey, you know, I want to change my physique. I'm in a healthy head spot with it. Um, I know I need to do this. Maybe you haven't done it before. Uh, Maybe it helps you to eat more calories and food, and it helps you put more muscle on your frame, which has a ton of other benefits aside from just looking better naked, right? Like, don't get me wrong. Muscle is good for changing your physique, but having more muscle is good for a fuck ton of other things too. So um, I, I think going to a surplus is great for a lot of people in a certain situation or context that requires it. And um, when you do do that, if you do that, keep these things in mind and try and navigate it the best that you can. And um, yeah, hopefully it goes really well. But if you ever have any questions or anything, always reach out to me on Instagram or email me. I'll link everything in the show notes, but uh, I'm here for you. And uh, just know that it can be a scary process. It it can be a daunting one. You know, the idea of you gaining fat, um, getting heavier over time is just something that we're not taught is right or normal or something that we would ever want to do. But I think it can be a really enlightening process and, and a positive one for a variety of things once you get out on the other side of it. And yeah, if that's you, best of luck. And um, I'm here if you need anything. So hopefully you have a few take home messages today. But uh, if you listened all the way to the end of this podcast, I really appreciate you. And until next time, remember to eat with a purpose, train with intention, and think with confidence as you work towards your own nutrition and fitness goals. Here if you need anything, I'll see you on, on the next episode. Peace. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.